guys it's angelo with fear the beard football channel uh making a video tonight gotta say though um i'm loving this new upgrade jay got some new couches in so like you know this is the first episode on the new couches and i'm man these things are so comfortable so like it's gonna be awesome being able to record on this for the next little while um today i figured i would talk about quarterback rankings for 2020 um, so this isn't, this is taken out like, you know, past years. This is only focusing on like 2020, you know, all the bias from like, you know, accolades and stuff. This is just strictly 2020. Then afterwards, I'm going to get into my quarterback rankings, um, as far as like, obviously where I feel they stand in terms of, you know, one to 32. Now I did involve on that list. Um, guys who started last year that are basically backups, but I just felt like they deserve to be on that list. Um, for this one, it's just ranking one through 32 and I'm going to start with 32 and that's going to be Sam Darnold of the, right now he's with the New York Jets. Um, where he goes after that, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was just abysmal, man. Like there's nothing there's no other way to talk about it. He, I mean, he completed 59% of his passes, uh, nine touchdowns, 11 picks. It, it's just, it's, I, I think a lot of it's not his fault just because, I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill, first of all. Um, just go back and look at him with the Tennessee Titans. He's, ever since he's left, he is, I believe he's 19 and eight as a starter, something like that. Like, anyway. He went to the AFC Conference Championship game last year. Um, won two playoff games, obviously. Now, you know, won the division this year. You know, yeah, they didn't win a playoff game. But, like, post-Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill is leaps and bounds better than the one that was the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. So, it leads me to believe, like, obviously, 2020 Sam Darnold... Um, you know, you can't sit there and, I don't know, you can't sit there and hold him accountable for, you can hold him accountable for his poor play, but you got to think that Adam Gates had something to do with it, but his play was the worst, so he would be dubbed number 32. Uh, moving on to 31, I'm going to say Cam Newton. Um, it's And, and he kind of falls into the same category. Like, now, I'm, I honestly was – I've been off Cam Newton since – I believe we won the division in 2017. Now, the next year, he started out really great, obviously, went 6-2. and two. Um, I mean, this doesn't factor in anything, but he was a different player back then is what I'm saying. Um, and then he's just – I saw the tailspin from, like, right after that hit that T.J. Watt put on him in that Thursday night football game. He, I don't think he's won a game as a starter. Like, I don't think he won a game as a starter as a Panther since that game, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, Kyle Allen did come in and win the last game of that season. But yeah, Cam Newton is just, he's a shell of his former self. And I've said this for years. Once you take his legs out, he is a below average quarterback. And honestly, like, that's what he kind of is to me now. And Maybe he gets on a different team, or maybe he comes back with New England and, you know, a full offseason helps him. But in 2020, he just did not look like the old Cam. I mean, the numbers prove itself. Like, just go and look up his stats. Um, 
number 30, and this is kind of funny, because but Nick Mullins kind of started. I had to throw him in there, honestly. Because um, he, he actually came out and filled in for Jimmy Garoppolo for a little while, and, and he played pretty solid. And then if you also remember, like, you know, not, you know, not going to piggyback this on to, you know, to factor into his 2020 ranking. But he played pretty well when he had to be the signal caller for the 49ers a couple years ago when Jimmy went down with a torn ACL. So I feel like he's honestly could, like, I don't think he's a, like, legitimate starter in the NFL, but he's a guy that could almost, like, you know, wind up being a journeyman. He, you know, he, for what he is, he, to me, played very well. And I think being even 30th at this, like, point, I don't know. It's kind of weird to say, but yeah, being 30th to me, that's a win for him. That's what I'm trying to say. 30th is a win for him. Um, and he has the rest of his career, but as of 2020, to me, he was the 30th best quarterback. I don't know. Um, the next on my list is going to be the 49ers former quarterback, um, from way back when Alex Smith at 29, it, it was a joy to see the comeback, but you know, he, he did well for the circumstances. And I mean, just the fact that he's even playing football is good. But I mean, you know, as good of a feel good story as it is, he wasn't the same Alex Smith um, that we've seen. And I mean, it's just because it's, it's the football team, nothing against them. I mean, they have a, a good defense and that's what keeps them in games. But Alex Smith is not the quarterback and he's never been the quarterback that was going to win you games. But I think now you're going to get a better version of early career Alex Smith. Like, he's smarter, but he doesn't have the ability necessarily anymore to continue on. Um, to me, his days are numbered, and, I mean, it's just good that he was able to come back and play and finish out his career. And I think at this point he should retire. I mean, with that nasty of an injury and the fact that, like, he just, to me, didn't play from as well as I'm used to him playing. I think it's just time to hang it up for him. Uh, moving on to 28, Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Carson Wentz was just a victim of an aging and unhealthy offensive line, in my opinion. Um, they The Eagles have drafted poorly at the receiver position. I felt like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was going to be better than he is, but he's irrelevant. I was never a believer in Jalen Rager, ever. I never thought that he was the answer. And Zach Ertz has gotten older. Like, they at least have Dallas Goddard. But Alshon Jeffries, he's never been a legitimate number one guy, and he is their number one guy. Um, Their defense has regressed so much. And, I, I mean, you know, his mechanics are off. Always, his mechanics are always off, but usually during the off season he has enough time to correct that. And he, you know, he didn't have that. You can't make excuses though when it comes to how. If you're looking at stats and you're looking at how you know a team's record went, you can't sit there and make all those excuses. He was the 28th best or the fourth worst quarterback in the NFL, whichever way you want to call it. But. I think he's going to get a, have a better chance in um, Indianapolis than he did in Philadelphia. He's going to a better offensive line, all that. Like I have him higher in my rankings, but just if you're going off pure 2020 season, he was abysmal. Um, 
Let's see. Moving on to 27, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, like, he's really... He's a, really a head case because this man really just... I don't know. At, sometimes I can, I can look at Daniel Jones and I'm like, he is... He has so much potential. You see so many flashes with Daniel Jones. And you can, like, see that there's a bright future ahead. But then he'll turn around the very next drive and make one of the most boneheaded decisions I've ever seen in my life. And you just have to sit there and wonder, is he going to be good? Or, I mean, like, what, the jury's out on him, but he's a bottom half, a way bottom, bottom half quarterback in 2020. Um... Maybe 2021 is going to be a little bit better, but who knows? But yeah, guys, so, you know, moving on to 26, I've got Gardner Minshew. And I mean, obviously, like, you know, I'm starting to sound like a broken record a little bit, but, you know, he's just a victim of a bad team. I, I don't think Gardner Minshew's great, don't get me wrong. Um, He's definitely fun to watch, and he's very charismatic. So, I mean, like, I think obviously, like, everyone, like, maybe I get a little bit of a fanboy over Gardner Minshew, maybe, a little bit, um, which I think that everyone, everyone's, like, guilty of that who likes Gardner Minshew, I think. Um, I definitely, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he can be okay. I don't feel like he ever has a chance to be top 10 or even top 15. But, um, you know, I think he can have a season where he could be good if he was in the right situation. I don't know what that situation necessarily would be, but it's definitely not the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I mean, things look bright. They have a lot of cap money. They're going to go after and get, I mean, they're going to go draft Trevor Lawrence number one overall, or I mean, they should at least, you know, you, I mean, you never know. They could even screw that up. I hope not. But yeah, just, you know, when you're playing on that bad of a team, your numbers obviously aren't going to be good. You know, you, you don't go like 1-15 in 15 and then look over and see a quarterback who threw for over 4,000 yards and, you know, 30-plus touchdowns. You just don't see that. So, obviously, Gardner Minshew is going to be down at the bottom of my list. I, I just I, I do feel like he could be higher, like, if he was just in a better situation. Um, he's obviously not been given a fair shake. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how his career turns out because, you know, it could either go like he just fades off and, you know, and nobody ever notices. Maybe he turns out to be a journeyman. Like, you know, he's the next Fitz Magic. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, moving on to 25. Um, I got Mitchell Trubisky. He's, he's a whole different... So this is the first like guy that we've come across that was actually on... I mean, aside from Nick Mullins with the 49ers, but, you know, <clears throat> Mitchell Trubisky, he's so interesting because he, he's a lot like Daniel Jones. I'll see him, like... And, and he does it in weird situations. If he's in a good situation, everything just falls apart. But when he's playing from behind is when he is his best. Go back and watch. I'm telling you, if you... I've seen so many times, like, um, what is the double doink, I think, that game. I think it was that game in the playoffs where they had a decent lead and all he really needed to do was, like, basically game manage it and they could go on to, was it the divisional round or were they going to go on to the conference champ I, at that time? I can't. It was the divisional round because that was the wild card. But, yeah, 
Um, he ends up throwing an interception on a bad read, and you would just have to go back and watch the play. But they basically run the same play after Philadelphia goes on ahead and scores, and it connects on a long gain. I think it turned out to be a field goal. Eventually, they lost the game because of a Cody Parkey missed field goal two times. Um, but, yeah, there's a very specific play. If you go back and watch that game, like, towards the end of the game, I can't remember the exact time. I just remember watching this. And, yeah, it's it's stuff like that where you can see him have a good lead and, you know, playing in what should be a good situation, and he'll just turn around and screw it up. But when, you know, he needs to be clutch, he can be. So that's a plus for him. And that's why it's so hard to judge Mitchell Trubisky because at any given moment, he could literally be anywhere on this field of quarterbacks. And, and I mean, like, that's not – that's not bullshit. I mean, like, he's one of the few quarterbacks to have, like, you know, 50-plus point games in fantasy, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, he is just an interchanging variable when it comes to this chart. But once you collect all that cluster of data and, you know, you do your math or whatever, you get to where he's the 25th best quarterback in 2020. Because the Bears, with with competent quarterback play, the Bears really could be a legitimate contender. And that's why I think they, you know, like, and everybody says this, you know, Chicago or the football team, I think Chicago is the best spot for Darnold to go. I mean, Matt Nagy and him, I don't want to see him go to the um, Washington football team because, you know, yes, they are, you know, on the come up. But Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded quarterback. And right now, what Sam Darnold needs in his career is an offensive-minded um, head coach. I'm getting sidetracked. Um, I'm just going to move on to 24 at this point. So we've got Drew Locke. He is, if, if there was ever any, and I said this, so a little bit was joking, but I always kept it in the back of my head because I did think the Broncos had a chance to make the playoffs this past year because, I mean, you know, who knew Von Miller was going to sit out? But anyway, if there was ever any questions about Drew Locke, they've been answered that he's not the guy. And like I was saying earlier, like, I, I did kind of, like, you know, predict the Broncos to go to the playoffs, but I, in the back of my mind... I'd been saying, like, I, I just don't know with him. You know, I, I always like to hope for the best but expect the worst. Um, I, I don't know. Drew Locke, the Broncos, they – it's just so – it's so sad to watch because they, they can never get the quarterback situation right. They just can't, man. And they, they've wasted such good defenses. They have one of the best secondaries – and with Von Miller, which obviously he's not going to be there, that's going to be an interesting situation to see where he lands. Like, um, I'm not going to get my take on that right now. But, yeah, like, this team literally has wasted good defensive units. And they even right now, like, have a very solid receiving core. Um, and then Noah Fant's a, a fantastic tight end. You know, little snappy wordplay right there. I don't know if you guys caught that fantastic yeah um but anyway so they could be so much better is what i'm saying and it's clear that drew lock it's it's just so obvious to see that drew lock's the one that's holding them back uh moving on to 23 andy dalton 
Um, you know, I decided, and and I just decided to go with the quarterbacks that ended up um, that finished out the season. You know, so Dak obviously didn't finish out the season, and he didn't play majority of the season. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of do that because obviously Dak Prescott would have been a little bit higher, um, a lot higher on my list because he did play good in his first few games. Ooh, let me turn my volume off so that doesn't keep going off. But um, but yeah, Andy Dalton. I mean, he played pretty well. He had you got to give him some slack because. Again, COVID offseason, didn't have, you know, coming to a new team, didn't have time to learn the playbook. And I don't know why I never saw this, but Mike Nolan, I forgot that he was going to be the defensive coordinator. And this man, go just go back to the 2005 San Francisco 49ers, who he was the head coach of that team. And that's the last time we saw a rush defense that bad. So he doesn't deserve a defensive coordinator's job with Dan Quinn coming over there and, you know, being the like new defensive coordinator, you're going to see a better unit out there. I, in my opinion, I just, Dan Quinn is, he had success as a head coach for a little bit, went to a Super Bowl, So obviously he knows what he's talking about. He's a defensive minded guy. Like we've seen this, like look at Chuck Pagano, you know, he, he was a head coach. He, he slid right back into being a defensive coordinator. Everything worked out. Same thing's going to happen with Dan Quinn. So watch out for the doubt. And they, and they have pieces, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch is really good. Trevon Diggs, he has, you know, he was only a rookie last year, so he has upside. Um, Jalen Smith, he's really good. Sean Lee, he may or may not come back, but I mean, if he does like, that's a bonus to Marcus Lawrence. I'm, you know, and then they do draft, his, historically speaking, they do draft really well. So I'm very, you know, they're going to have a, I think I think they have the 10th pick in the drafts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Just kind of going off the dome right here. But with them having a top 10 pick, man, you know, like the offensive line's fading. It's not what it once was. But yeah, Andy Dalton did pretty good considering the circumstances. But still, you've got to put him down at the bottom because his stats don't reflect what a good quarterback does. Um, next one's going to be a little harder. And honestly, like I get into more arguments advocating for this man than the average person should. But he's heavily criticized. He is, to me, unfairly judged from this season. Like I've said for a lot of guys. And at 22, we have Teddy Bridgewater. Old Teddy Two Gloves. The one, this is the good with him. He completes 69% of his passes. He's a very efficient quarterback. He has a little bit of mobility. He's not super athletic. You know, he's, to me, a better, like, I don't know. He's a lot like Tyrod Taylor to me. And a lot of people love Tyrod Taylor, but, like, just because, you know, Matt, uh, Matt, Teddy Bridgewater has this bad season, and, I mean, it wasn't even bad to begin with. Just, again, new quarterback coming to a new system. You know, yes, he does know Joe Brady's system, but, I mean, let's be real here. It's it's still Matt Rule's system with a little bit of Joe Brady mixed in there. So, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say here, the Panthers, they didn't have a great offensive line. Their defense was young and up and coming, and it got better down the stretch. But Teddy Bridgewater, there's so many times where I saw him, and he... 
he read the play right, he you know made the right throw, and he was just a tick off. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with, and I mean, I've seen this personally, that he just didn't have time in the pocket at all. So, you know, there's a lot, there was a few times he had a clean pocket, don't get me wrong, but majority of the time it was because he didn't have a clean pocket, so, you know, he had to get the ball off sooner than he had wanted to. Um, other times I've seen it where, you know, I mean, like, yeah, sometimes it is his fault. Like, I'm not going to just sit there and make every excuse in the book for Teddy Bridgewater. But it's also because, I mean, like, he probably doesn't have the full grasp of the playbook, which he kind of got down the stretch, but still. Anyway, again, stats don't reflect him being considered to be a middle-of-the-road quarterback where I would kind of have him. Um, he is the 22nd best quarterback. And then another guy over at 21 who is going to probably be a bit controversial maybe, um, Tua Tungavailoa, or Tagavailoa. I don't know why I said Tungavailoa. I hate it when people say Tua Tungavailoa. Like, there's no end. It's, it's Tagavailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, just that it is what it is. I mean, unless he comes out and says that that's his name. If it's if he comes out and says his name is Tua Tagovailoa, then I mean, like you can't argue with that because I mean that's you know coming from the source, obviously. I mean, the source would obviously be his mom or his dad, whoever named it. Anyway, so <clears throat> yeah, Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> Man, that fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, two attack of Iloa. Uh he slides in at twenty one. I feel like he did good for a rookie. And I the future's bright for Miami. I, I was very excited to see they, they went ten and six. I don't understand though why like all these teams are trying to trade away and get like I mean like I get like if you can get someone like Deshaun Watson, but I feel so bad for Tua because like it he just played his rookie year you know yeah he didn't have the best year but again rookie quarterback COVID offseason like come on you know like this give him a little bit of time like why do you want to sit there like I I understand that the NFL is like constantly getting in new talent new talent new talent but like at some point there you've got to you can't just like try to trade your rookie quarterback after one year your first round draft pick, like, come on, guys. Like, you went 10 and 6 last year. It's been a little while since y'all have sniffed success, and y'all almost made the playoffs last year. Like, calm your tits, Hakuna, your Matatas, if you would. Sliding in at number 20 is another uh, 2020 draft guy, um, quarterback. Yeah, that sounded awful. Draft guy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, 2020 draft mate, Joe Burrow. I am so excited about Joe Burrow, man. Like, I started seeing him down the stretch, and this motherfucker was straight up. You could just see the Bengals were getting better. He was keeping them in games. Their defense obviously wasn't, you know, helping their cause. But you just, I could see Joe Burrow. And there were so many times where he looked like a genius, and there's very few times where he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. This dude is the future in the NFL. And and honestly, like I'm gonna sit here and say this, I think he is gonna be better than Trevor Lawrence. 
I think Joe Burrow is the future of the NFL. I think it's going to be him versus Pat Mahomes in the AFC. I think that we're going to see, you know, like a better overall record from him. And I get that he's on the Bengals. I get that that's a dysfunctional organization. But man, this kid is special. And I was so sad to see him tear his ACL. I'm not even a Bengals fan. I'm buying me a Joe Burrow jersey straight up. Like, smoking Joe, that's my man. Like, I was a huge Peyton Manning fan as a kid. And now I'm an adult. And I get to follow a person's career. And, like, you know, yeah, you got Pat Mahomes. And and I'll follow his career, too. But, like, Joe Burrow, like, I am, like, literally, like, watching every game of his. I am... I'm just, I'm the Joe Burrow fan now, man. Like, I went from Peyton Manning, it's Joe Burrow. I'm all in. Uh, but, yeah, still, to me, he's the, he was the 20th best quarterback. Now it's starting to get to where, and, I mean, this is where it's real nitty-gritty. Like, there's a lot of people where you can, like, interchange at this point because the competition in the NFL is so close. So, like, yeah, I mean, if you don't agree with me or you feel like, you know, yours is, like, you've got somebody a little higher or you got someone, like, way lower – like, trust me, like, I get it because, like, the competition level is very stiff in the NFL nowadays. I mean, y- y- and you'll get you'll get it when I move on to my next segment, um, you know, as far as covering my 2021 rankings. So, coming in at number 19, though, I have Jared Goff. And, yeah, his career's over, basically, because, you know, he was on the best defense in the NFL last year, and, you know, they they did win a playoff game, but I don't know, man. Jared Goff, to me, he's just – I feel like if, if, if Sean McVay can't make it work with him, you know, like that that's a good offense right there. And, you know, you got Robert Woods – you had Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks for a little while. Like, you know, he wasn't there last year, but Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and what's that one guy? Like, is it Van Jefferson? What's his name? That wide receiver? Van Jefferson. I think it is Van Jefferson. <coughs> and, yeah, Van Jefferson. Anyway, he's got a solid core there. And Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are not scrubs. So, Jared Goff, his career's over. If he can make it work in L.A., he's not going to make it work in Detroit. Um, And Detroit's most likely going to wind up drafting somebody anyway, and he's just going to be like a bridge guy. Um, I mean, he'll probably get another shot on a team at some point. Like, who? I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on Jared Goff. I'm, I'm, I was for a little bit. I'm not now. I don't know. I just... I think he's done. I just, I think he's done. Moving on to number 18, though, was Big Ben, which he performed a lot better this year than I thought he would. But he's another guy where I'm like, you know, I think he's done. I, I think Big Ben has to be done. You know, the Steelers did really well this year, but, I mean, they were carried by a very, very good defense. Very good defense. A very elite unit. And they, you know, they don't have slouches at wide receivers. Deontay Johnson's good. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's he's all right, you know. Um, and what about that uh, that Chase Claypool guy? What did he do? You know, I, I'm just, just throwing out a few pretty decent names. 
you know, Eric Ebron, even like he's not a great tight end, but I mean, we know he can pop off. You know, he has some skill. He has weapons. And you look at this, they went 12 and 4, won their division. And that's good and all, but I don't know, man. You look deeper into it. They lost to Cleveland, which Cleveland's a good team. They, they are a good team. They lost to Cleveland, though, on the last game of the season, and then they turned right around and lost to them again the very next week in the wild card round. So to me, that speaks volume because if you can go and win back-to-back games, which, I mean, it did mean something to Cleveland because they had to win that game. If they had lost, you know, then it puts you in a situation. I, I can't remember if they would have been mathematically in the playoffs even with Miami losing. Um that I can't remember, but that puts you in that tough of a situation where now it's like determined by a whole different factor other than your record. And, and that's not like a situation that you want to be in, so to speak. So Cleveland needed that, but then, you know, the very, like they had just gotten into the playoffs, so they're on a, you know, emotional high, but that is, that says a lot to me about the Cleveland Browns, but it also says a lot to me about the Steelers and the fact that they've got to move on from big Ben I mean, you know, look at how he was just so pissed off when they even drafted a fourth-round draft pick. Like, dude, you got to get out of your own way. You're an old quarterback in the NFL. Like, Phillip Rivers just retired. Eli Manning's retired. Like, those are guys that you got drafted with, man. Like, let them mold and develop another quarterback. Mason Rudolph is not the answer, obviously. So, you know, let them get somebody in the draft or something that can be a legitimate replacement to you because this is a very solid defensive unit. And, I mean, you know, are you really going to let your ego screw the team that has made you so much money in the like over the course of your life? Like, I get that, like, the owners make billions and you make millions. But, damn, dude, like, you get to play football for your, the rest of your life. I mean, not the rest of your life. You get to play football in your life. You got to play for like 15, 16, 17 years and made a lot of money in that span of time. Like, even if they make a lot more than you and they then they finessed you a little bit, like, you still got paid. You still have bread. You still don't have to worry about nothing. You know, maybe after you retire and, you know, close down a few McDonald's or whatnot, in the off season and you know breweries that's neither here nor there but still like have some respect for the team that like paid you for the last 17 years i'm sorry you know in those regards at least do that let them draft someone let them mold someone this is a very good defensive unit and get out of your own way and just like retire dude like you don't have the juice to play deep into the postseason at this point anymore like we started to see the fade off and it's very evident at this point Man, that was harsh, I felt like. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know, like, sometimes you just got to be ruthless, man. Like, you know, you got to have a set of nuts on you sometimes. Moving on to 17 is um, kind of a very similar situation. Uh, Matt Ryan with the Atlanta Falcons. His is a little bit different in the regards that, you know, he definitely did not have an elite defense. Um, A.J. Terrell looked good at times for, um, you know, the Falcons. But there's nothing to work with on the defense. Um, he does have Julio Jones, but he lost Austin Hooper, which that, that hurts, man. You know, 
Hayden Hurst did not really produce like Austin Hooper did, or I honestly felt like Hayden Hurst was going to be better than he was. Um, but yeah, like that's, I don't know. All he has is Julio, really. And Calvin Ridley's good, don't get me wrong. You know, like, they do have receivers, but they have no offensive line. And that's that's what I mean by he has nobody. Like, he has no protection whatsoever. And that's so huge for a quarterback. Like, Matt Ryan's a very smart quarterback. He's a very mechanical quarterback, and that's, that's his downfall. I see so many times where, like, you know, the defense and the goal line in, like, the red zone will just bait him into making a bonehead decision because they know that, like, you know, if they've got Julio double covered, they can just drop someone back in a spy and wait for them to, at the time, dump it down to Austin Hooper where they're just going to cheat down and intercept that motherfucker. But that's that's what you, you know, like, that's kind of like what you get out of a guy like Matthew Stafford. He's a very smart quarterback, and he's very mechanical, and that's very good, but... It's also can be your downfall, and that happens to Matt Ryan a lot. But he's just um, product of the system, man. You know they're not drafting well. They, you know, they they're just not a great run organization. They had a, a team that went to the Super Bowl, had a very good offense, and I get that Kyle Shanahan left. You know that's a very like hard thing to replace, but still, you know that's a lot like. Uh, Matt Ryan is, like, the least bit the problem. Put him on a team that actually is a contender, and, you know, you'll get a better version of him. I mean, like, and and honestly, like, I've heard so many excuses for Cam Newton over the years that he was a former MVP. The very next year, Matt Ryan was an MVP. So, I mean, like, come on, man. Moving on to number 16, um, Drew Brees. He um he was carried by a good team. They did not play too well in the very beginning of the season, but he did turn it around and played a lot better. The team played a lot better down the stretch. And you know, Drew Brees, it's just I don't know what was wrong in the beginning, but they they right they ended up right in the ship. Um they I think they went 12 and 4 too, so it's kind of hard to say that like they had a down year, but yeah, what you're used to seeing out of them, they just didn't look like the normal Saints. Um, I felt like they were going to beat Tampa Bay. I was, you know, devastatingly wrong because they went on to win the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Fuck you, Tom Brady. Um, anyway, but yeah, so Drew Brees, he, he just got carried by a good team and it helped him put up good stats. I mean, he's a, he's a great quarterback. I'm not disrespecting him at all. In these regards, this is just what his stat line to me was in the 2020 season. And like I said, this has nothing to do with historical rankings. It's not like I have, you know, I'm saying that Drew Brees is like, you know, the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. But if you're looking at his 2020 stats, he is. Um, But yeah, moving on to number 15, Phillip Rivers. And again, like, he has a very good team. He's almost... You know, like, Michael Pittman played pretty decent, don't get me wrong, but, like, he's almost the exact opposite of Matt Ryan, where Matt Ryan has good receivers, but he has no offensive line. And Phillip Rivers, uh, he didn't really have a good receiving option. I mean, Jack Doyle's a decent tight end. T.Y. Hilton was a, you know, feared guy at one point, and he did have a, you know, good 
2020 season, but still, you know, he's not the same guy he was. He's getting older, and that's really his only guy, you know, that, that really made a huge, huge contribution to him. Like, a lot of it was this is a very good defensive team. This is a has a has This team has a very solid offensive line. Um, I don't think Phillip Rivers was a main factor to why they were able to do good, but he was a step up from Jacoby Brissett. And I said this going into the season because they, they were my dark horse Super Bowl team. And I feel like, you know, if they, like I said earlier, a few weeks back, if they didn't match up with Buffalo, I honestly had them upsetting a lot of teams. I felt like they could have beat Pittsburgh. I felt like they could have beat Cleveland. Um, I felt like they could have even gave Kansas City a run for their money, to be honest with you. Like, they were a very tough team. Um, their, their defense is just so good. Jonathan Taylor was coming on at the end of the year. Um... Phillip Rivers was carried by a team, but his stats reflected that he had a pretty good season, albeit from that, you know, great of a team still. Um, but, yeah, moving on to number 13. And, you know, like, I, I could be putting him too low, but the team did not make the playoffs, so I just don't feel like I can put him in the top 10. But Kyler Murray, the Cardinals, they're – and again, 13, like, for Kyler Murray, this is his second year in the NFL. Like, you know, if you're the 13th best quarterback in the NFL, like, in terms of how you did in a, in, in one season, and you're, um, you're and like I said, you're only in your second season, like, that's something to be proud of. Kyler Murray, I had a feeling that he was going to have a good year. The Cardinals finished out about what I had anticipated uh, going seven and nine. I think that's what I had them going was seven and nine. So, but the future's bright in Arizona. It's always bright in Arizona, but the future's a little bit you know more bright than it once was. I feel like Cliff Kingsbury can be a good offensive coach, and I feel like that him and Kyler Murray can definitely make it work in the NFL. The addition of J.J. Watt helps, um, obviously, because they do have ballers on the defensive side. Hassan Reddick, which, you know, I kind of called that I felt like he was going to have a decent season. Um, it, I didn't, I don't know, like, he just, I'm not I'm not going to dive into that because like, like, I'm already kind of running too long on this video, but Hassan Reddick had a pretty good season. Chandler Jones, he, we know who he is. Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, they have ballers on the defense. They just play in such a tough division. If you put them in any other division in the NFL, I feel like they are most likely a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team. Like, that's the difference between playing in the NFC West versus another division. Like, drop them in the AFC East where, like, Buffalo's their only competition, and I guarantee you they would at least split those games, and they'd potentially sweep the other two teams. So, you know, go and do the math on that one. Kyler Murray, to me, like, had a really good season. So, I – maybe 13's too low, but I think the reason why is since the team went 7-9, and nine, I kind of had to drop him out of the top 10. But he's definitely – I feel like for 2021, he definitely has a shot at being a top-five quarterback. Um, not, not like, at, at the moment, but, like, have a top-five 2021 season. You know what I mean? So, anyway – Mouth is getting dry. Moving on to number twelve. Again, a similar situation. Losing record, but ha you know, is main the main reason why the team even had any wins. Matthew Stafford. I mean, again, go back and look. The last time 
go back and look at the 0-16 team. And I've, I've said this multiple times, but I, I can't preach this enough. Look at how bad the defense was for the 0-16 team for the Detroit Lions back in 2008. Uh, that defense was actually better than the one that he played with last year, and this team won five games. And I always say this, that's the Matthew Stafford difference. This man has been disrespected his whole career. Um, there's like people like Rob Parker, who I hate, sit there and say he you know doesn't deserve um, the money that he makes. Like he deserves every penny because he's the only reason why Detroit's relevant. You know, for a time they had a solid unit with Yandre Levy. Um, you know, who's who, who's the defensive back uh, that they had that they just like go this past year? Darius Slay. You know, Darius Slay, DeAndre Levy, Nadamakin Sue, Ziggy Ansa, Nick Fairley. Like, they had some ballers and everything and a decent defensive unit for, like, a couple years they had those guys, I think. And, you know, all together, like, at different points they had those guys. But all together they only had them for, like, one, two seasons, something like that. I can't remember. But that's all they've had. And he had Megatron. But, like, that's one guy. They went five years without a 1,000-yard rusher. Like, Matthew Stafford has carried this team year in and year out. And he did the same thing again in 2020. Um, And so, just solely based on his stats, man. Like, and just go back and watch him play. He's a very smart quarterback. He's a leader. He's tough. He's gritty. He's everything you want a guy on Sunday. Like, realistically, like... That's my Joe Burrow comparison, and that's why I love Joe Burrow so much because I I love Matthew Stafford, man. I was so upset that the Carolina Panthers didn't go out and get them. Like, he's going to have a great season in 2021 with the L.A. Rams. I was so upset, though, that, like, he was on the table, and I, I feel like I've heard that our offer was even better than what Detroit offered them. I think they just like Jared Goff over Teddy Bridgewater, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is a chance that Jared Goff could still become a franchise quarterback. I doubt it, but, you know, over Teddy Bridgewater, I I do kind of get that. Um, Moving on to number 11 is Baker Mayfield. And, And realistically, I think Matthew Stafford played better than Baker Mayfield, but it's just Baker Mayfield was on a team that went to the playoffs and he won a playoff game. You know, if you win a playoff game, to me, that gives you the edge on majority of the guys. Baker Mayfield, they just they figured out that they need to get the ball out quick with Baker Mayfield. He's not someone that needs time to sit in the pocket. Like, he needs to either, like, you know, as soon as that, like, as soon as he goes and runs his play action, he immediately needs to be getting that ball out. And Kevin Stefanski figured that out and moved on towards that. And that's why we started to see a resurgence from Baker Mayfield and the Browns towards the end of the season. They have a very solid unit. Like, they've got a good pass rush when it comes to the defense is what I'm trying to say. They need work on their secondary. Um, Greedy Williams, maybe he progresses and, you know, but what's the other guy? Uh, Is it Denzel Ward, I think? I think it's Denzel Ward. I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say it's Denzel Ward's their other defensive back. Like, he had a very solid season. And who knows? I mean, like, maybe maybe they get somebody in free agency. Maybe they get someone in the draft. I don't know. Um, but they definitely need work on their linebacking core and their secondary. And that's all they really need to be a more complete team. And I feel like, to be honest, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just go on ahead and try to trade Odell Beckham for, you know, some sort of something. I mean, they're not going to get much out of him. But if you can get a second-round pick, I mean, go on ahead and get that, man. Like, Get Odell Beckham out of there. Baker Mayfield will play so much better when he doesn't feel like he has to feed someone's ego. Um, 
but yeah, he had a great season. Won a playoff game. Browns finally first winning record since 2007. First playoff appearance since 2002. I was very happy to see Believeland do it. <clears throat> Moving on to number 10, Mr. You Like That, Kirk Cousins. Um, the Vikings, I'll tell you what, man. Like, they, I, I expected them to regress, and I feel like I had them right around this mark, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm just... I feel like Kirk Cousins gets so much flack because he had an awful first year with the Minnesota Vikings because they had just came off that 13-3 and record with Case Keenum, and they're like, oh, just imagine what Kirk Cousins would do. Like, He's played very well since then, and I mean, he didn't play awful in that season either. This guy is just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, hard, it's hard with Kirk Cousins because they're, he's a better version of like people who I were talking about earlier where he can make a boneheaded move and then, you know, turn around and also look brilliant. He's just, he doesn't make the boneheaded moves as much as the other guys I was talking about earlier, and that's why he's up here in this echelon, in my opinion. He's a guy that, to me, can teeter in that mark, and I probably have him too high. I just, um, I'm an advocate for the underdog. So, you know, maybe that's maybe a little more opinionated on that one. Um, if you don't like him being that high, I totally get it, but I, you know, I have him there. So, you know, like kind of just deal with it or something, I guess. Um, but moving on to number nine, this, this shocked me because I, I completely got this wrong. Justin Herbert is in the top 10. He had the best rookie season a quarterback has ever had. I did not expect that when I was going to be reviewing the season that he was going to play better than Joe Burrow. And and Justin Herbert, I felt like he was going to be another Mitch Trubisky. He reminded me so much of him, but he surpassed all of my expectations of him and just completely um, you know, took over for the Chargers. They won their last four games. I, I kind of understand the Anthony Lynn firing, but I... I just I saw at the end of the season they won those last four games because they were playing for his job. And I feel like he rewards something like that. You know, I, I would have gave Anthony Lynn one more season. I really liked him as a head coach. I liked his attitude. He reminded me a little bit of a Mike Tomlin in a sense. Um, and I like people like that. Like, no nonsense, you know, like get to the point, but still like, you know, very approachable, like respectful person. That's what Anthony Lynn was, and that that's like that's a player's coach, and you get that's why they're playing for him. But still, like I feel like you reward something like that because they did win out their last four games, and Justin Herbert was a big factor in it. Now I get that he does need an offensive-minded coach, but realistically, man, you know he he had a great season. I don't know, like there's just not a whole lot that can be said on it as fact. I mean, other than the fact that he's had a great season. So shoot. Um, moving on to number eight, this is where y'all are probably going to shoot me. Um, I got Lamar Jackson here. I, I just take into account the slow start that they got into because he did have a good season and he did win a playoff game. I still have my opinion on Lamar Jackson, but I can't argue about the fact that he did turn it around at the end of the season and really just kind of um you know he he really was the main reason why the Ravens made that late season push 
are we starting to see, you know, like cracks in the armor? Would you know, like, are are we starting to see that? I don't know. I hope not, because I do enjoy watching him play. It's just my only knock on him is like his game play is not sustainable. But for for the time, he's gonna put up great numbers. But yeah, a lot of this just has to do with the start that they had. Because once you get into the top ten. Like, it is just, it's nitpicky. It is so nitpicky once you get into the top 10. Um, a lot of these guys are, like, splitting hairs. This was a very hard one, too, for number seven. Um, I put Ryan Tannehill there. And I don't know, man. Like, you can hate me all you want, but Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. Like, let's go back to the very beginning of the video where I was talking about Sam Darnold. And how Adam Gase is holding him back. Like, he's a, like, Ryan Tannehill is a prime example of why you can be a believer in Sam Darnold. And Ryan Tannehill, like, like, he's 18 and 9, I think, or 19 and 8, actually. Something like that. One of those two, whatever. But he's, I'm just going to say 19 and 8. He's 19 and 8 since leaving Adam Gase. He won two playoffs games, went to the conference championship game last year. Um, you know, like, that doesn't factor into what I'm talking about now, but. But I'm just saying, like, he's so much better without Adam Gase. And you've got to acknowledge that. And even if you want to call him a system quarterback, like, he works perfectly in this system. Now, I have no idea what Art Smith leaving for the Atlanta Falcon jobs means for Ryan Tannehill. I feel like it'll be business as usual because it's obviously Mike Vrabel's system. Still, though, you cannot sit here and tell me, you know, Yes, he only played in, I think, it was in total counting playoff games, 10 games in 2019. But this is a full season that he's had in 2021. So we got, and they made it to the playoffs. They won the division. They went 11-5. and five. They had an awful defense, too. Like, they were, they got there because of their offense. And it's not all Derrick Henry. It's not all A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill is a big reason why the um, Tennessee Titans are what they are today. Because it's the same offense that Marcus Mariota ran. And look at what they were doing. So, moving on to number five. I wanted to put him higher, but the fade at the end of the season, I had to... You know, Russ stopped cooking towards the end of the season, and it's just because there's no protection for him. Aside from Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner, there's no defense. This is just, uh, it's just sad. I, I would like to see them get protection for him. I'd more so like to see the um, Seattle Seahawks trade him to a team that can actually um, protect him and legitimately let Russ cook. Um, I do like him with DK Metcalf, obviously, so that would be sad to see that part. But still, I need him to go to a team that can just utilize his skills so much better. Um, moving on to number four, Deshaun Watson. And, you know, yeah, like the Texans went 6-10, and 10, and I have their quarterback number four. Fight me. Deshaun Watson is just, he's such a good quarterback. He's such a better version of Donovan McNabb. He's so much better, man. Like, he's mobile. He can run. He's like, um, you know, he's like a Cam Newton light. This guy has, you know, a cannon for an arm. You know, he might not be as fast or as big as Cam Newton, but 
But, I mean, like, he plays the same type of game. And, again, he reminds me a lot of uh, Donovan McNabb. The man, but, but a, a better, like I said, a way better version of Donovan McNabb. Deshaun Watson's everything you want in a quarterback. And, I, I mean, the price is too steep on him for Carolina, but I wouldn't be upset if he came. It just depends on what we give up. We all know, though, that I do still think he's going to the New York Jets. Robert Sala is the head coach over there. He wants to play for Robert Sala. I love that he stood firm with saying that, you know, like, nah, dog, like, I still want out. Like, I'm going to hold out if you don't trade me. Like, Texans, do the right thing. Just trade Deshaun Watson, man. Just trade Deshaun Watson. Do the right thing. Rebuild. You have no money. You have no collateral. You have nothing. You can get all of that back. Like, yes, you'll take a dead hit cap this year. I get that. But you'll open up so much more money. You can get a replacement bridge quarterback out of him in a, te- in, in a deal with a team. Like, just, you know, get off the fucking pot, man. Again, you guys are going to fight me. Um, moving on to number three, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, to me, had the third best season as a quarterback, which, again, this is splitting hairs, but, you know, nothing against what he did. He made it to the Super Bowl, and, you know, a lot of people catch flack, but, you know, we all know where I stand with the whole offensive line issue with him in the Super Bowl. Um, Patrick Mahomes just had a great season, very great season. He was very close to potentially winning an MVP, and did he win the MVP? Let me check that. My phone's dead. Damn. Was it Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes that won the um, AFC MVP? Mahomes did? I think Mahomes did. Man, Josh Allen really should have won that, in my opinion. Yeah, check that real quick. Because I'm, like, really curious on that. Um, But, yeah, so Jay, Jay, he's checking that shit out right quick. But, um, okay, so if if he did win the MVP, I I do think Josh Allen deserved it because, you know, he did more with less, and he's gotten better and better each year. Like, Patrick Mahomes has so many weapons. You said the AFC. Yeah, AFC. Because I know Rodgers won it for the NFC. But, but yeah, if Pat Mahomes did win it, then I do feel like Josh Allen deserved it, and I do have him in the number two slot just because, I mean, again, he's gotten better and better each year. I'm not factoring that in, but, like, he did more with less. I mean, like, Cole Beasley, John Brown, and, you know, Stephon Diggs is, is a good receiver, don't get me wrong, but, you know, compare that receiving trio to Tariq Hill, Sammy Watkins, Mecole Hardman. Then you got Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, I get that there's Devin Singletary and Zach Cook, I mean, Zach Moss, but, you know, still. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes has the better team. Who has the better coach? I mean, like, Sean McDermott is a good coach, don't get me wrong, but Andy Reid's an offensive-minded coach, whereas Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded coach. So, like... Patrick Mahomes kind of already goes into the season in games with an advantage that he has one of the, like, probably one of the best offensive-minded coaches to ever coach the game. So, Um, and then obviously I've not named his name yet, so he would be number one. 
Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, man. There's not. He's the NFL MVP. He is, to me, like top three quarterback all time. I feel like you really could legitimately make an argument that he is, you know, the goat because. He, his numbers are so great. Like, yes, he hasn't had the postseason success, so that's kind of like where he lays lame. But again, like, the stats are there, man. Like, Aaron Rodgers is, to me, had the best 2020 season. 40-plus touchdowns, 4,000 interceptions, fewer than eight interceptions again. Like, this man is just, he's money, dude. Like, Aaron Rodgers is just money. So yeah, guys, I was um, about to do my sign-off and everything. Um, kind of took a quick little pause um, for about 10 seconds. And then I kind of, while I was doing that, just to try to figure out how long I'd been recording, I realized that I'd skipped Tom Brady. So um, I'd had Tom Brady at number six. Uh, he, he Obviously, a lot of it was the fact that he brought his culture over to the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And... I'm a firm believer that Bill Belichick is the main reason why the Patriots have that dynasty. Um, you know, Tom Brady is, to me, like the best version of a system quarterback, but the one thing that separates him is he has the clutch gene, and he's the best to do it when it comes to being in the clutch. But every other thing about him is he's the best system quarterback to ever play the game. But the best thing about it is is he brought that system. He, You know, Bruce Arians allowed him to bring – you know, his, like, everyone has their own style of everything they do. And Bruce Arians allowed him to bring that, like, New England to, to Tampa Bay with him. But, like, let him have some fun with it. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's that's kind of, to me, why it worked. I feel like if Tom Brady had went to another situation where someone wasn't going to let him be him, um... It was. It was good. It would end. It wouldn't end in a Super Bowl, is what I'm trying to say. Bruce Arians is just a special guy, uh, but he's just. There was a few times where you could see the age was getting to him, um, and that team to me, like he obviously chose a team that was stacked. They have one of the best offenses. They had a great offense coming in, obviously, and their defense was very good. They have a very solid offensive line. Like, he did not just pick a team at random. Like, this team was stacked when he got there. They were 7-9 and nine for a reason. It was because they had abysmal quarterback play last year. Spare me the fact that Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards. Like, the man still threw 30 interceptions, 12 of which got returned back to the end zone. And that's trash. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did forget to talk, say Tom Brady. I went from Ryan Tannehill at 7 to Russell Wilson at 5. So, um... Yeah, top 10, though, guys, is, um, in my opinion, Kirk Cousins at number 10, Justin Herbert at number 9, 8, Lamar Jackson, 7, Ryan Tannehill, 6, Tom Brady, 5, Russell Wilson, 4, Deshaun Watson, 3, Patrick Mahomes, 2, Josh Allen, number 1, Aaron Rodgers, and again, this was solely based on the performance that these quarterbacks had in 2020. Um, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to save my 2021 rankings for a completely separate video um since we've been running basically for an hour at this point um i think once editing's all said and done it'll most likely shake up to around 55 minutes i guess i don't know but uh yeah guys that's gonna do it for me i gotta go to bed so i can get swollen in the morning at the gym with uh old niece sausage jonathan niece but you guys have a good night and like we always say when we leave we out <laughs>